Welcome to the TH March podcast. So building your business can take years of hard work and dedication. As a business owner, you tirelessly work to grow a legacy that will give you and your family financial freedom. You've worked really hard to make your business a success. So financial planning is vital to this. Financial planners specialize in helping business owners with their personal finances, including pensions, protection products such as shareholder protection, relevant life. As TH March is celebrating in 2022, 135 years, Steve, is it still relevant? Is it more relevant? How crucial are these sort of covers and where do you start as a business owner after all these years of an energy and an hours that you'll never get back? I think um, it is really relevant today. And yeah, if we look at the surveys that are done, we know that a lot of companies don't have any cover and those that do have cover don't have, have insufficient cover. So where, where do we start with this? You need to look at your business probably with someone like myself, perhaps in conjunction with your accountant as well. I would never want to advise you to do something that goes off at a tangent to your accountant's advice. Sometimes it might be your legal advisors uh, involved as well. And just, just to give you an example of that, a lot of people set off in business. Um, they have a great idea. They're a sole trader. They may become a partnership. They may then go on to be a limited company. And when we become a limited company, you, know, you might end up with a situation at some point in the in the life of the company where you are a shareholder, your business partner is a shareholder, and you start having to grow up in your thinking. So just as in your own life, you need to have a will to make sure that you make sure your shares go to who you want them to go to in the business. That might be your spouse, partner, children, whoever it may be. You also need to make sure that the business has you know, effectively a will of its own and it's recorded what you, you want to happen to the business if you or your um, partner, shareholder had died yesterday or suffered a critical illness yesterday, whatever. So, yeah, shareholder protection is what we call that. And really, it's about saying, OK, if I had died yesterday, I think my business partner is going to leave their shares to their wife or husband. I'm just using that as an example. Now, that might be great if the wife or husband has the same skill set and will work in the business as your business partner has. But it's unlikely that they will have the same skill set. So you could end up with someone owning 50 percent of your company that has no knowledge, no interest in your company, but still wants to take out money from your company and dividends, et cetera, et cetera. So shareholder protection is about making sure that either the company has enough money to buy the shares of the deceased shareholder from the estate. And, and that's often how things are set up. The company takes out some life insurance so that in the event of the shareholder's death, the company can buy back the shares from the deceased shareholder. There need to be some legal agreements in place. You need to make sure that the memorandum and articles actually allows these things to happen. Um, the other way it can be done, and this all sounds a little bit complex, is that each individual shareholder takes out some cover on their own life, and then they put it in trust for the other shareholder, again, so that if they died yesterday, the money goes to the right person at the right time. But then there have to be shareholder agreements and there has to be you know, a way of 
equalizing premiums and things because more than one of the shareholders is often much older than the other. So the life insurance can cost a lot more than for the other. So I don't want to go into all the ins and outs of these things, but your accountant is probably going to have a preferred way of doing this. I often find accountants prefer the way where the company takes out the cover. It might not be the best thing for you. And it might mean that there are discussions between someone like myself and your accountant in setting up these things. But there's other, another few things you need to think about there. You know, how do you value your company? How do you value your business? Um, you know, have you got a mechanism to say how much the business is actually worth at any one time? There, there's a lot. So going back to the beginning, I think it's best to start talking to your professional advisors. If you don't have a financial planner on board, then yes, you need to probably get the financial planner on board because that will start the conversations with the accountant, with the legal advisors and everybody else. So what is business loan insurance? Well, business loan insurance really is not that dissimilar from when we as individuals take out protection or life insurance or critical illness insurance when we borrow money on a mortgage. The only difference is this is the borrowings of the business. So often um, the lenders, when you're borrowing money in a business, will require you to have some sort of life insurance. They may call it key person um, rather than business protection or business loan protection, but it is there so that they are protected if you as a key person died yesterday or suffered a critical illness yesterday, they know the company can pay back its debt. One thing that people often miss here, though, is the, the debt may not be to a bank. It might be to you and your family. And I say that because many directors and business owners, they have put their own money into this business and, and their owed money by the business. And they forget that if they died yesterday, can the business actually pay that back to their family? Can you protect the family silver? You know, is it going to be there when they need it? So sometimes it's about actually having business cover. So this business cover, by the way, when it's written this way, is the business takes out the life insurance or the life insurance and critical illness cover so that if you had died yesterday or suffered a critical illness, the money goes to the company the company then can, can pay it back its debts. And the other, the other time when I come across this is often when people are, are going through a management buyout. And when I get an inquiry for the cover, I can often tell just by the nature of the inquiry that it might be for a management buyout. It just, it's making me smile because I, did, I, I, I can remember meeting two soon-to-be directors of a company through a management buyout. And I went to see them and they told me what cover they needed over the boardroom table. And I said, oh, you must be going through a management buyout. And they said, shh, don't tell anybody. Nobody else in the company knows about this. So obviously, we, we, we are not going to tell other people. And in that instance, we were able to go on and put the cover in place that they needed for the management buyout to take place. So when there's a management buyout, there are often things called business loan notes and things that need to be covered. And we will arrange the life insurance or critical illness cover to you know, go down as those loan notes are due to be repaid. You mentioned key person insurance as well. So, so what's key person insurance about? This often used to be referred to as key man, but these days, thankfully, the key people in a business are not often just men. So, so yeah, 
key person. But a lot of people ask me about key man cover because that's what it used to be called as well. So this really is making sure if a key person in your business, and often that may be you as the business owner, had died yesterday, suffered a critical illness yesterday, or perhaps was incapacitated, so couldn't work for a long period of time from yesterday onwards, the business has the money it needs to perhaps not only pay your income from the business, your drawings might be in salary, dividends, repayment of director's loans, whatever you're, however you're paid. But imagine the business trying to fund you or your family when it's also got to find a replacement for you. When, when I'm talking to, to business owners, I often find they don't really value their own input into the business as highly as they should. And it's only when you cut, start thinking about, well, what do you actually do in the business? And it's, well, actually, yep, I, I run the business. Um, I direct the business, which is what you might expect. But actually, I buy all the gemstones that we use in the business, or I'm the buyer of all the, the product that we sell in the business. And, and then you find that they actually don't just work 36 hours a week. Most business owners actually do, yeah, they do the daytime job, but then they carry on working at the end of the day. So sometimes we have to think about maybe three people being recruited to replace the one business owner who might have died or suffered a critical illness yesterday. So key person cover is about making sure the business can continue. So often um, there are some formulas out there to work out how much cover should I have, but actually it's normally more bespoke than that. Think about how much you would have to pay someone to do your job, not how much you take out of the business, because often business owners don't draw that much out. They're putting money back into the business all the time. Um, think about if someone was to be bought in from the outside in a rush to be able to cover all your duties, and it might not be just one person, it might be two or three people, how much would you need to pay them? So the company needs, or the business needs to have enough money in the coffers to pay for all that. Now, the other time it might be useful to think about key person cover is you may own a business or you may have partners in the business, you may have employees that are key to your business. Without them, the business will stop tomorrow. So sometimes you may want to take out key person cover, not just as on you as the business owner, but on employees as well. So when I'm talking to people, they will normally tell me you know, who the key people are in the business, who are the business generators. It might be because they just have all the contacts that you deal with. They may be your sales director or your sales um, manager, because without them, the sales would stop. So there are a number of reasons why a person could be key. So I hope, hopefully that gives you a, a flavour, Greg, as to yeah, why and what key person is. Thanks very much. So I guess the next question is, is, what does relevant life cover? What's the differences with that? So relevant life cover is really useful. Most people have life insurance and they have critical illness cover and they've taken it out themselves. With relevant life cover, though, this is where if you own a business as a limited company, you can take out cover on yourself or on any other employee. It might be your wife or partner as well that pays out the proceeds, the life insurance or the serious illness cover 
to you or to them if the cover's arranged on them. But the great thing is, rather than you paying for the cover out of your after-taxed, after-NI'd income, it is paid for by the company and is deductible, a deductible expense for corporation tax. So it's a business expense. It works really, really well. So yeah, if you, if you need that kind of cover, you can set it up as a relevant life policy. It can only be done on an individual, so you can't have joint life policies. But quite commonly, we see directors of company taking out quite large sums assured so that their family will be okay. They're protecting their family silver while they're working hard. And this way, they know if something happens to them, the family are going to be okay, regardless of how long it might take to wind up the business or anything. This cover is held in trust. The trustees then pay it out to the beneficiaries. And the class of beneficiaries would normally be spouse, partner, um, children. And it's paid outside of the estate, so it doesn't get involved in these lifetime allowances that we hear about for pension planning and things. Um, so, yeah, really, really useful. And most directors should be considering it for themselves. I guess the next question to ask, because um, we hear a lot about it, is what's death in service and, and group life all about? Are, are they the same thing? What was the sort of relationship there? Well, when, when a company grows, it wants to recruit, it wants to reward, and it wants to retain staff. And I think the pandemic has made a lot of people think about um, what would be happening today if I died yesterday. And then those that own a business are thinking, well, what about my staff? What, did, what should I be doing as a business? So employee benefits are really important, but they do tie into the other subjects that we've spoken about as well, if you're a business owner. So death in service, most people have heard of it because they will know that some companies will pay out a lump sum if an employee dies to the employee's family. That's what death in service is. And group life or a group life policy is basically the insurance policy that the company has taken out to pay those benefits. So if a company is promised to pay four times death in service to its staff, then it will have a group life policy that will pay out four times the salary as a lump sum. It can be really useful for directors of companies as well, because you don't have to have the same amount of cover for all of your employees. So you could perhaps offer different levels of cover for people doing different jobs. So you might have two times salary for your general workforce. You might have four times salary for your senior management team. You might have a lump sum cover of you know, a million pounds each for the directors of the business. So it can be set up on that basis. Um, so, so yeah, it's really useful. Now, the other great thing about it is that there's something called a free cover limit, which is the amount of cover that can be provided without the need of any medical information. The other great thing is that there is a free cover limit, which is the amount of cover that can be provided without the need of medical evidence. So you could theoretically have people in your workforce, it might be you as a director, that can't get life insurance because you've had a medical condition. But actually, under a group life policy, if the free cover limit was, say, £750,000, then you could get cover up to £750,000 without the need of any medical evidence. And that's because it's done on a, on a group. So, yeah, there are times when that is useful for the business owner. 
not only in providing an employee benefit. Thanks. This has been a really useful chat and discussion today. So I guess in terms of next steps, if, if somebody would like to have a more in-depth conversation with you and, and, and start the conversation, how, how could they get in contact? What's the best way to sort of enact, enact your services, Steve? Well, we work in what I would call a people's business and probably the best way to do it and to get in touch with me is initially to talk on the phone. I can find out a lot about your business and what you need and what you want from, you know, not average conversation about these matters is 40 minutes to an hour. So it's not a quick conversation, but it is important for me to understand what you're looking for. And then I can then work, do some initial um, indications of cost. And then you know, sometimes I will come and meet you, depending on where you're located, where I'm located. It can be by a video call. What, however it is we do it, it is about me understanding your business so that the recommendations I make are relevant to you and your business. And then it's up to you to make an informed decision as to whether you think you need the cover or not. I won't be offended if you say, thanks for all that information, Steve, but actually not the right time for us, whatever it may be. I would also expect in that process for you to discuss these matters with your accountant, because I wouldn't want to recommend something that goes off at a tangent to what they think is right for you. And they're dealing with the tax inspector at the end of the day. So it's important that it's set up right. So I, th I think, yeah, first, first port of call, yeah, pick up the phone, give myself or cater ring on 01822 855555. So that's 01822 855555. Or you can find our email addresses if you prefer and, and email us in, initially. Thanks very much, Steve. And thanks for explaining more about this on the TH Much podcast.